Good morning. Welcome on this Sunday morning to our devotional, Golden Nuggets, Food for Thought and for the Imagination. We left off yesterday right in the middle of the book of James, uh, talking about, Is anyone afflicted amongst you? Uh, Let him pray. Is anyone married? Let him sing psalms. In James chapter 5, verse 13 and 14, after we had finished yesterday, talking a little bit about faith with corresponding actions, and that faith is a substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. And how Jesus dealt with individuals and how sin can play a part in a life of an individual concerning sickness, but not necessarily all the time. We had mentioned Job concerning that issue. Then we also mentioned in the book of Luke chapter 13, verse 1, 2, 3, and 4, concerning those that either are sick, eventually wind up dying, uh, those that are uh, by an accident of some some sort uh, die, those that uh, because of evil men die, those because of negligence of others die. And we had mentioned that there is a sin nature that entered into the world. And the Bible says in the book of Romans, because of that, because of that sin nature that entered in, because of sin entered in through Adam, death also entered in. So that is all part of what we live today. But there is not just death, there is the second death. And that is what Jesus came to destroy. Both the first one and the second one, so that Forever and forever and ever, uh, we will live immortally without any sickness, disease, pain, or whatever, uh, with Christ in His kingdom, or spend eternity still suffering and pain for the penalty of death, which the Bible says in Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life. So in the book of James, once again, this time we're not talking about the blind man, uh, that they asked whether he was born in sin or his parents had sinned. But it says, is there any afflicted among you? And the word there that is used basically for uh, afflicted, is there anyone that's undergoing hardship? Or are you enduring afflictions? Is there hardness in your life? Or are you suffering trouble? Now, the Apostle Paul, in the book of uh, uh, Timothy, he gave us a, a simple... Uh, uh, admonition concerning going through the the trials of life and and basically he said something simple that we are to endure hardship like a good soldier of, of Jesus Christ if I was to read that it says be thou my son strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus it's important for under for us to understand how grace is a powerful force in the life of a believer. Even when Paul asked, Lord, you know, take this thing away from me, in 2 Corinthians in chapter 12, verse 1 onward, uh, concerning the devil buffeting him, uh, God told him, my grace is sufficient for thee. So it says in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2, it says, And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Now that in itself is a very important phraser that shall be able to teach others. But they have to be faithful. You have to be able to commit these things to faithful men because faithful men will be able to commit it to others. And that goes 
especially in the home, starting with the fathers. The fathers are the responsible, the responsible individuals that are supposed to commit the teaching to their children. Now, it can be a combination between husband and wife, but the responsibility falls 100% on the husband. It says, Thou therefore endure hardness. That is the word that we had just uh, used a little earlier. Uh, Endure hardness. Is anyone afflicted? Is anyone enduring hardness? Endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. For no man that warreth entangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who has chosen him to be a soldier. And if a man also strive for mastery, yet he is not crowned except he strive lawfully. So we got to do it according to the word of God. Second, it says, uh, let him pray. Pray. If you're going through, pray that you're able to endure. God is able to add to our affliction, uh, the ability, the, 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 the power through the Holy Spirit for us to be able to be enabled to accomplish what we could not accomplish in ourselves. So the scripture continues in, in that it says, uh, besides this, besides what? Besides the divine nature that we have been made partakers of to escape the corruption that is in this world through lust, besides this, give all diligence, add to your faith, virtue. And the word virtue basically means character. It means excellence. It means praise. Add to that knowledge and add to your knowledge temperance. Temperance is self-control. Add to self-control Add to self-control endurance and add to endurance godliness. So see, the scripture does actually say that if you are going through hardship in your life, you're going and you're struggling through something that you are told to pray. Yes, you can have others help you pray, but ultimately it falls on you as the responsibility as the individual to pray unto God concerning these things that you are going through. So if you're going through something in your life, it is a hardship. It says pray. But if you're happy, if you're content, then give God thanks. See, don't just say thank you, Lord, but it says, Lord, I give you thanks. That's what I'm giving you. I am giving you thanks. It's coming from my heart. It's flowing through my lips. It's being given to you as gratitude for what you have done. I am giving you thanks, Lord. Sing unto Him. Sing unto Him. Like, let all creation thank the Lord. Let every creature that has breath thank the Lord. Give Him thanks. Give thanks unto the Lord, just like the Psalms say. But in verse number 14 of James chapter 5, the scripture says, Is any sick among you? See, now we're talking something different. We're not talking about being afflicted. We're talking about being sick. Is anyone sick amongst you? If there is anyone that is sick amongst you, let him or her call for the elders of the church, of the ecclesia, the called out body, the called out ones. Let them pray over him or her 
anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. So in the book of Mark, in chapter 16, verse 15 onward, we're told to take the great news of the gospel throughout every part of this world to every creature. And it says, These signs shall follow them that believe. And one of the signs is, They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. That is a point of contact for faith to be demonstrated and manifested and acted upon in our lives. But also... It says that we can anoint them with oil, a representation of the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit in the life of the individual. And it also says to do it in the name of the Lord. Whatsoever things you shall ask in the name of Jesus, it shall be done unto you. But remember, we've already learned this. And whatever we ask when we're praying, remember, forgive. Because if we don't, then we can't be forgiven either. Therefore, our prayer cannot be answered. But in verse number 15, it says, James 5.15, And the prayer of faith, the prayer of faith, the prayer of faith shall save the sick. Shall save the sick. Shall save the sick. Whatever that toil, whatever that infirmity, whatever that sickness was, it says, we shall be saved from it. And the word that is used there is the words, so, so, which basically means to be delivered, to be saved from, to be healed, to, to be preserved. Uh, that, that word is, is, is a powerful word for the life of an individual, to be protected, uh, to do well, to be made whole. So the prayer of faith of these individuals praying for that individual, it says, will save the sick. Also, it says... And the Lord shall raise him up. And if, there's that little word, if, if, if. And if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. This goes right along with Mark. Chapter 2 that we were studying, or that we are studying, where Jesus told the man that he saw their faith, and basically he says unto him, your sins are forgiven. Wow, that, that is actually powerful. Because as long as sins are retained, there is a possibility of an open door for the enemy to take advantage and either bring a sickness back or start a sickness in our lives. And because of that open door, then the, the enemy gains a foothold. But the Bible says in the book of James, give him no place whatsoever in your life. So not, all, not only is the individual going to be saved, healed, delivered, the Lord's going to raise him or her up, and his sins or her sins are going to be forgiven. And then it says in verse number 16, very important, Confess your faults one to another. This does not mean that you just go around telling everybody what your sins are. But this means basically that if you have offended or if someone has offended you, then you do not retain that. You go and tell that individual according to Matthew chapter 18. You tell them, hey, you know, you've offended me or I'm sorry I have offended you and I've come here to ask for your forgiveness. Uh, whether they forgive you or not, that's up to them. But as far as your part, you've done your part. But it is important that we forgive everything, everyone, all the time. Everything, everyone, all the time. 
everything, everyone, all the time. And then it says, and pray one for another that you may be healed. Once again, there is a connection there between what is retained and what is remitted. So, get rid of it. Get rid of it that you may be healed. And then it says, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Wow, that has been a mouthful. Now, if we get back to Mark where we had uh, uh, started off, it says in Mark chapter 2, Verse 6, But there were certain of the scribes sitting there and reasoning in their hearts. Now, Jesus was not a mind reader, but the Holy Spirit, He is able to search the hearts and know what are the intents. He's able through the Word of God to be able to divide what's spirit, what's soul, what's intention, what's motive, what's purpose. And He was able through the Holy Spirit to know what these individuals were reasoning in their hearts. Remember what flows out of the heart. Remember what flows out of the heart. They were deliberating. They were trying to figure out, wait a minute, you know, nobody can do this. They weren't saying it out loud with their mouth. They were deliberating it in their thinking, in their hearts, in their hearts. Why does this man thus speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God only? But when Jesus breathed the Holy Spirit on his disciples, and the Holy Spirit came on the day of Pentecost, from that day forth, we were given and enabled by the power of the Holy Spirit to do something that was literally impossible to do in the past without his help. And that was the ability to forgive. Forgive from the heart. Forgive, let it go. Let God deal with whatever needs to be dealt with. But as far as I am concerned, I am not going to retain anything. I am going to remit it. I'm going to let it go. Well, these individuals did not understand or could not comprehend that. In fact, the disciples at one time had asked Jesus, how many times do I have to forgive my brother? Uh, do I have to forgive him, you know, seven times? In other words, that's way extraordinary. That's beyond our capacity. But Jesus says, no, seven times 70, I tell you, on a daily basis. That was hard for them to grasp. Well, we're going to pick up here tomorrow. Join us on Monday as we immediately go to when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they had reasoned within themselves saying this. Then he deals and has the word for due season for their lives. But until then, keep looking up. Jesus is coming soon. Our redemption draweth nigh. Our new bodies are awaiting. I hope you are too. Look up. Jesus is coming. Until then, the Lord richly bless you. Amen.